0: so glad today that His mercies are renewed every morning. If I only was able to get it on Sunday and have to fend for myself the rest of the week, wow, I don't think I'd want to live the rest of the week. I realize there's people that live every day of their life without the Lord, but it just so happens to be I'm not one of them. Aren't you glad you aren't? How many needs Him every day? every hour every moment you're blessed you're blessed because not only do you need him but you can recognize that you need him. We greet you today in the name of the lord so happy for us to be together again in the presence of god and each of you that have come present today and we're just expecting to see what the lord will do for us i certainly wish to thank you for your continued prayers for us during this time with Erica's graduation and home going, we thank you for that. Thank you for all your nice cards and letters and emails and WhatsApp and text and so on and so on and so on, and uh, cards that you've sent in the mail. And We've got condolences from people around the world, and we're so appreciative of that. Um, I know that um, we're certainly not the first ones to go through these sort of things, but you know, whenever it's you, it certainly makes it real, doesn't it? I've buried over a hundred and something people since I've been here, the years that I came here years ago, but it's, uh, I believe we're getting one grave closer one grave. to the last one. Praise the Lord. Let's turn today, if you would, to Luke chapter 21, verse, verse 9. <clears throat> Luke 21, verse 9. I'd like to speak to you again today on a life above ungodly fear A life above ungodly fear but when you shall hear of wars and commotions be not terrified for these things what's that next word must, must. these things must first come to pass but the end is not by and by Then said he unto them, Nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and great earthquakes shall be in diverse places, and famines and pestilences, and fearful sights and great signs. Fearful sights. It kind of makes me wonder when the prophets and even the Lord Jesus, when they would say things like this, what they must have been looking up. And the Bible tells us, of course, here in verse 9 and 7 and 8 and 9 as it goes to deal with all this, that there will be fearful signs in the heavens. I wonder what they would have seen. I wonder what they would have thought if they would have seen the video that Carol and I saw last night. It is an aircraft that has been made by our nation, which has been around for many years. It's called the B-2 Bomber Spirit is what they call it. B-2 Spirit Bomber. So it's not like an F-15 Tomcat, an A-10 Warthog, an F-16. But this one is made altogether different. It's a flying wing. So it's shaped like a bat wing. Cannot be picked up on radar. It can contain over 50,000 pounds of armament. Conventional weapons and also nuclear. As I looked at that last night and I saw that, that B-2 there and I saw all of those missiles and all of those bombs, nuclear and conventional, laying in front of this one airplane. Enough to be able to paralyze the country of Iran was only one bomber. I wonder what them prophets would have saw if they'd have looked up in division in the night and would have saw this wing come flying through that's so massive. Is that terrifying? Hmm. Yeah, to the human aspect, it is. But I'm glad today it don't scare me. Amen. Notice what Jesus goes on to say. Fearful sights, And great signs shall there be from heaven. So this word here actually means in heaven as well. But Romans chapter 8, verse 15, Paul writes and says, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, or Father, Father. Or dear father. How many loves him today? I mean love to be remembered as we pray. God bless you. Hold your hand there, your request, and your heart. Heavenly Father, we love you today. We're so grateful for this privilege today, Jesus, that we could be gathered once again in your house. Thank you for every person that's put forth the effort to come today. We're just asking that you'd take the service and speak to us we have needs lord you saw all these hands hundreds of them that went up signifying a desire a request a need maybe multiple ones lord we believe that we can cast our cares on you for you care for us lord you see this prayer cloth that i have in my hand you see this need lord of this young woman i'm praying god for your mercy in the name of jesus would you move In this situation, Father, we're asking today that your supernatural presence would come once again. May we be caught up into the Shekinah glory of God. May we be benefited by our gathering together today. We have come to shake one another's hands. We have. We've come to see one another. We have. But more importantly, we've come to hear from you. We're needy, Lord. I need you. This church needs you. Those that are streaming today. We each one need you, and we believe will not leave you disappointed if we'll come with the right attitude and the right approach. Yes. Bless us today, Father. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And the saints said, "Amen." God bless you. You may be seated. I can imagine the year 586, as they begin to look out over the walls and they saw this mighty build-up. They saw catapults. They saw thousands times thousands of soldiers. They saw weapons maybe that they'd never even seen before. They saw captains, generals, battalions, ranks of men, foot soldiers. And they saw it building little by little by little. If you're not familiar with the time frame, it's Jerusalem. It's the prophecy of the prophet Jeremiah when he said that God would send a mighty army from the north and they would destroy Jerusalem. It must have been that the people in Jerusalem, still many of them, were convinced God was going to move. Everything was going to be fine. Oh, he would moved many times before. And the enemy had been laid waste. And they were convinced by false prophets to not believe the word of Jeremiah. Now, if you would have been living in that day, and I would have been in that day, I wonder who we would have believed, Jeremiah or Hananiah? Would we have believed Jeremiah Or the rest of those prophets which were prophesying and running up and down the road and screaming and all just glory to God, I feel the anointing all over me. But they were saying the exact opposite of what Jeremiah said. It's always been that way. That God will have his true prophet come. And then there'll be somebody or many that will come and try to water it down and make it more acceptable, make it more social and so on. But yet... The minority of the people believed what God's prophet had said. This siege is going to take quite some time, months actually. They will come to a spot to where that they will be such desperation. And eventually Nebuchadnezzar will take over. The city will be destroyed. And as I mentioned to you the other day, I saw a a piece of a timber that had been buried in the dirt around Jerusalem and the residue which had been laying there since 586 B.C. Think of that, 586 B.C. And just a short time ago, they dug it up and Carbon 14 dated it. And here was a part of the timber that actually made the first temple, the house of God. Now, did God want to do that? Of course not. Was it God being a mean God that wanted to destroy that temple? It was the sins of the people that made God do it. And no doubt there were people there that were totally convinced everything is going to be fine. There was an element of them that become, as it become closer and closer, and Zedekiah got closer to the end of it, then he began to consult with the prophet. But by the time he said, okay, okay, okay. I agree, I agree. You know what, this is overwhelming and maybe I've messed up. I, I want you to intervene for us. I want you to prophet, because prophets of the Old Testament were entering into a place of God's presence and God would actually hear their cry. But this had come too far. God actually said it would be a time that even if Daniel was there, he wouldn't hear Daniel. If Jeremiah prayed, he wouldn't even hear Jeremiah. I'm afraid our nation and our world is at the same place again. But as sad as it was, as difficult as it was, that is very mild compared to what lays before us in this day we're living. Because even in the time of Nebuchadnezzar, he did not have the armament or the ability or the ingenuity to be able to annihilate the earth. The B2 Spirit bomb that I just, or plane that I just described to you has capabilities of carrying nuclear weapons that are 22 times more destructive than the fat boy that was dropped on Hiroshima. Man has reached a place to where he can annihilate himself. Man has reached the place to where that one nation after another has nuclear capability. What should we do? Run to the rock that is bigger than we are. I tell you, friend, you'll never be able to have a bomb shelter. Or, oh, Brother Donnie, I'm ordering a concrete one. I'm ordering a steel one. Do you understand the impact of those bombs will cause concussions so strong it will break every bone in the human body. You'll not be able to survive. Now, I'm not really preaching this way for bride. I'm preaching this way for those who's gonna be left behind. Now, I wish I could stand here today and say that I, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt everybody in our church will be in the rapture, but I don't know that. I wish I could say that everybody in Johnson City and the surrounding areas will be hit on the rock of ages. Ah, but alas, you see, I cannot say that. The only way that I know that we will be safe and secure is not on your daddy's religion or your mama's religion, but you yourself know the Lord Jesus in such a real way that you have the token applied to your life. And that way you can look at the hour that we're living in and somehow you can look at the Spirit 2 bomber and you say, I'm not afraid of it. You can look at the messenger, which is the one that Russia has built with hypersonic missiles faster than the speed of sound. Five times faster than the speed of sound. Bombs that can move so fast that our F-16 Tomcat, our A-10 Warthog, our F-15 fighters, many of the ones that we have cannot even intercept them. But you can look at that and read about it and think, I'm not afraid. Now that would seem foolish, I know. But what if, Brother Donnie, what if, what if they sneak in? That's exactly what they will do. But you see, the majority of the world is so convinced, oh, America is this mighty power. I will say America was this mighty power, but she ain't no more. Amen. Come on, you Americans, you might as well say amen. Amen. America used to be the very symbol of strength and the very symbol of power, but she's no longer that. Our enemies recognize that we are a nation that was a great mighty power, but now we are a weak nation because we have weak leadership and we have weak pulpits, and we have weak preachers in them pulpits, and we have weak mamas and weak daddies in the homes. There's only one hope, and that's the coming of the Lord Jesus. Imagine that when the people began to notice the upbuilding of this great mighty power, and they looked at it and realized it was too late. You can imagine in 70 AD, whenever Titus begins to move his mighty army, and they gather once again around Jerusalem. The Lord Jesus had said it some years ago, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how oft I would have gathered you as a hen does gather her brood, but now your house is left unto you desolate. And he wept as he sat on the Mount of Olives and cried. And the people laughed and made fun of him. I wonder what they thought whenever they looked out there. And there was Titus with his mighty army. Again, the great catapults. Again, the great ability to devastate their city. And then they would starve them out once more. They would starve them to a place that the parents would eat one another's children. They pulled the bark off of the trees. They pulled the leaf off of the trees. When people would die out of starvation, they would actually fight over who got the corpse. Becoming cannibals. I'm not talking about Russians. I'm not talking about Hamas. I'm talking about staunch Jews. That said they believed Adonai. But they had crucified that Adonai when he became flesh. Somebody say amen. amen. But remember Jesus told some of them whenever you see this come, you beware. And there wasn't one of those elect that was caught inside that city. They got out of there. When the good times was, that's when they left. Look friend, it's very important where you are found when these times arise. You don't wanna be found in that stalk church. You don't wanna be found in a compromising, hybridized church system when the life cycle moves around. Oh, no wonder the prophet said that if your name is found in that stalk book, lost you will be it's very important where you are caught when the rapture comes i'll tell you where i want to be caught i want to be called under the banner of our lord jesus christ i want to be if i'm alive and well i want to be identified among the saints of god I want to be identified in a church that believes he's the same yesterday, today, and forever and still preaches the old-fashioned gospel of Jesus Christ. Anybody want to be identified there? I want to be hid right there because where you are found when the trumpet sounds will dictate where you wind up. Not one child of God was found there. You imagine it got to such a place that when Titus actually finally took it over and marched through and again, they burnt the temple. And Jesus said it, I stood there a few years ago and saw one mighty stone that was longer than from this pulpit pump to the back wall. One stone, one stone. And it was hewn out, oh my, just massive. You just can't even hardly comprehend how they could do such. And then hewers of that stone would take their chisels and carve all the way around it a band that would be similar to a Roman ogee. Those of you that understand what that is. And how they was able to cut that out of solid stone. And they thought, no doubt this will never fall. And Jesus said there won't be one stone that'll be left upon another. And they laid there for years and years as I stood there as one of the last phases of our visit in Jerusalem. And the guide pointed out that they had just recently found it. It was called Wilson's Arch. And it was a bridge made out of solid stone that had been carved. And it had laid under the rubble for 2000 years. And they just dug it out. And it was an archway that take him from where the street market was and the sellers and the vendors. And it would take him to the upper platform to where the temple was. And I thought, there it was. It had laid there for all of those years bearing the record of the words of the Lord Jesus. There won't be one stone left upon another and now they have to dig down feet. I'm talking about this was laying under debris that was 50 and 60 feet deep of debris, yet it was prophecy laying fulfilled right down there. Oh my, if God would so watch over his word in that day, what about in our day? But I ask you, does God want us to live under atomic fear? The answer is no. Does God want us to live under the fear of the tribulation period? Absolutely not. Does he want us to move with haste? The Bible says when God spoke to Noah, that Noah moved with fear. You know that? The Bible says that. Noah moved with fear. I believe that we in the end time ought to move with fear, but not an ungodly fear. God don't want you serving him. God don't want me serving him out of a fear that I'm afraid I'll go to hell, or a fear that, oh no, oh no, God's gonna get me. God is not looking for an excuse to punish you. God is not looking for an excuse to punish me. He went out his way to save us. He went out of his way to heal us. He went out of his way to deliver us. He does not want to punish us. He wants to set us free. He does not want us to be under a slavish fear, but he wants us to be motivated by a fear, all right, a fear that we're afraid will displease him. That's my fear this morning. I'm so afraid that I might miss his will somehow or I might not do. How many understands what I'm saying? I might miss him or I might go in a direction that wouldn't please him. But I do not believe he wants us to live under a fear of cancer. I don't believe he wants us to live under a fear of failure. Some of you sitting right here today and some of you, listen, are constantly living under a fear of failure and you're afraid you'll mess up and mess up. You won't even try to sing. You won't even try to do nothing for the kingdom of God. So you're full so afraid of fear. But what if I mess up? What if I mess up? I preach thousands of sermons. I ain't never preached a perfect one. I've sung thousands of songs. I ain't never sung a perfect one nor has any other preacher or any other singer. Do you want me to wait till I preach the first perfect one or should I go ahead and preach in my frailty this morning? Should the singers go ahead and sing an- their frailty seeing in their humanity that I say as a people of God we need to rise above this ungodly fear that will try to hold us back oh but there's cancer everywhere brother Donnie I understand I read just this morning where disease X that they are already working on right now in the laboratories and they're saying it will be 20 times worse than COVID it will be more devastating it will be more deadly but I say as the people of God by his stripes we are already healed of disease X Amen. By his promise of the word, he cannot lie. Come on, somebody. He cannot lie. Our God is perfect. Oh, Brother Donnie, what if somebody dies with disease X? Well, if they do, all I can say is it was their time to go. Let me remind you again. Cancer did not defeat my daughter. My daughter defeated cancer. Amen. Every child of God that goes by the way of the grave They could not have went unless our father said, come on home, honey. Come on home, child. And it was only a way out of this world into that kingdom that they have been born into. Oh, I got such a beautiful text from a brother, a minister up in Canada last week. And he was telling me, you know, how that he had prayed and his church had prayed for Erica so many times. We are so grateful for each prayer that was made. And he told me, he said, you know, Brother Donnie, the devil was not just after her body, but the devil was after her face and he never got her faith. I thought, what a powerful statement. That the devil wasn't just after her body, he was after her faith. You know, you realize that's what he's after for us today. He would try to make us doubt and make us wonder over the sovereignty of God and why would God do this and why would God let this? You know what he's after? He's after your faith. He wants you to somehow doubt and somehow question. Brother Donnie, do you understand any better? I don't understand any better today than I did a few weeks ago when we had our graduation service. But I know this, I trust him with all of my heart. And what I can't understand, I say the Lord don't make no mistake. Come on somebody, let's have church. Do I understand why the Lord took her? No, I don't. Do I understand the way he took her? No, I don't, but I understand my God is absolutely perfect, he is without fault, he makes no mistakes and I'll say to the devil, Satan you never won, my daughter won. Satan you did not win over Junior Davis, Junior Davis won over the devil. Satan you did not win, oh hallelujah, over Jim Bab. Jim Bab won over the devil. Notice this, 2 Timothy 1, 7, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. 1 John 4, 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. I love the way the prophet catches this dealing with fear and love. And he said, but perfect love casteth out fear. The reason you're fearful is because the right temperaments of love has never entered yet praise god the right temperance of love has never entered yet when there's real love all fear passes away amen. when you really love the lord anybody say amen Notice again, so if the church only knew its position and the greatest hindrance in the church is fear. They're afraid it just won't work. It just won't work. And as long as we're afraid it won't work, most of us will never attempt it because we're afraid we'll get embarrassed. So if we confess that God's a healer and God's a deliverer and it would be God's will to take us and we feel out. Like, well, I, I got embarrassed. We got embarrassed somehow because we prayed for so-and-so and the Lord took them and said heal and we got embarrassed. He heard your prayer. He healed them from their mortality. Don't think your prayer was not answered. Notice he said they're afraid it just won't work. It won't work for you that way. It will not work that way. It must absolutely be believers, not make believers, but believers from your heart. Love has no fear. Love casts out fear. And I notice in my meetings so much when I come to the people, one of the great things I found among them is fear. And what makes fear is a lack of confidence. Lack of confidence. If you lack confidence, it'll make you fear. Praise the Lord, it'll make you feel, well, I I just don't know if God will or not. Well, Brother Donnie, I mean, you you prayed for Sister Erica, and you prayed for others that's gonna die. I guess that means you're gonna stop praying. You guessed wrong. I'm gonna pray with more fervent than I've ever prayed in my life. Remember when Brother Branham's little girl died and she was in so much pain that her eyes crossed with the pain? And notice what that done to that prophet. He said there was never a cross-eyed child that come across the platform that was not healed. Why, because that looking reminded him of his little Sharon Rose, it made him hate that devil more than ever before. So if you think I'm gonna pray for everybody except those that have cancer, you are 100% wrong. I'm gonna pray with more fervency than I've ever prayed in my life because I hate that devil more than I've ever hated him. Come on somebody, oh my, just because and the Lord takes them does not mean he did not hear our prayer, he did. Oh my, notice this, he said, what makes fear is a lack of confidence. You lack confidence, it'll make you fear, but if you love it, cast away that fear and that's the way God wants the church, not so much charter members, he wants members that's loyal. How many wants to be loyal? and loves and believes and has confidence in. But you see, Satan works on these things that are naturally negativity that we're prone to. We're born negative, so we're prone to worry. We're prone to have fear instead of faith. We're more prone to be scared than we are to be valiant. We're more prone to be fearful than we are to be gallant. We're more prone to be that way. It comes that way in our natural birth. So every time we stand gallant on the Word, we have to go against ourselves to do it. Oh, my. Notice this about worry. If you notice, it's when you're discouraged. Oh, my. When you're discouraged, that's when the devil can pour it on you. How many ever been discouraged? And you know that to be the truth. Boy, when you get down, it's like the devil just empties out everything. I mean, here comes a big old uke truck. He empties this out on you. He's got that and empties out. And you say, Lord, have mercy. What in the world is going on? He recognizes that you're discouraged. I know you all think I'm weird anyway, but I'm going to show a little bit more of my oddity with you. There's times when I get down so low and I go to pray, I don't even say anything. So I'm just there before the Lord, and I'm not saying nothing. Cause I know if I say it out loud, the devil will hear it. So I'm just there before the Lord and in my heart, Lord, you know where I'm at. Lord, you see, you. Lord, I, I, I really need your help. But I don't say it here. I said, that's crazy, is it? Question answer sixty four. Brother Branham, you told us when you went out west first, and now the second time you ever went, you know. So well, well, brother, sister, that that's in my heart, and if I speak it out, the devil will hear it. So he don't know anything about it. I just keep it in my heart. Sometimes when you go to pray and you're kind of weary and you're down, the devil don't even know what a good job he's doing until you open that fat mouth of yours and say, Lord, I'm so down. Lord, I'm so weary. Lord, I don't know if I'll even make it another day or not. You should never say that. Just get down and go, "Mm hmm Oh Lord have mercy brother Donnie you don't I do oh yes I do and the devil says the boy's cracked the boy is out of his mind he don't know what's in my heart but I ain't gonna tell him I ain't gonna tell him Lord I've never been so low in my life Lord I've never been said this and that and the other because the devil says we finally got him boys we about got him but when you get down there and you just hold it in your heart and the devil's waiting and waiting and waiting and Brother Philip just getting tired of waiting and you're just smiling and you know just sitting there and Lord in your heart you're just having a prayer meeting with God and God's saying yes son I hear you yes daughter I know what you're going through and the devil's saying how's God hearing them? I don't hear one thing said because God can hear your heart when your mouth ain't saying one thing a lot of us are too blabber we get down on our knees to pray and we tell the devil everything in the world that's going on. Oh, I wish somebody would hear me today, but sometimes we need to kind of trick the devil a little bit and just get down and say, oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, I love you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord God. I worship you, Lord God. And the devil said, what in the world's the matter with him? What in the world's the matter with her? Well, you refuse to be able to sell the devil. How successful that he is. And they said, well, I'm I'm confused, I don't even understand what's going on. Well, good, that's what I wanted to do. I think we let the devil mess with us too much and we need to start a kind of kinda messing with him a little bit and let him know we are more than victors, we are more than conquerors. Through him that gave himself for us, we're not gonna live under ungodly fear. We are gonna live under the joy of the Lord because that's our strength. If you come to church and say, well, I don't know. I don't know whether I'll ever get any better or not, see? I've been prayed for twice. You might as well go home, that's all. But when you can cast that aside, God don't want you to be. Everybody let your face know that quote now. What are you frowning for? Trying to help make you laugh? God don't want you frowning. I need help with that little quote sometimes. You ever brothers that? Now listen, God wants you to be happy. The human heart was made to be happy. Praise God. Worry will cause. Temper. <clears throat> so, for the safety of the preacher, the preacher is moving behind the Leslie. Temper will cause cancer yet you will take that long finger of yours and point at people that smoke cigarettes and say, don't you know that devil is gonna cause cancer inside your body and you've got enough temper to fight a bus all and that temper inside of you is causing cancer. Come on now, just like that cigarette smoke is causing cancer in them and it's disgusting to you to watch them put snuff down in the bottom of their lip. Oh my. And you say, don't you know that's causing, glory to God, I'll tell you That's causing cancer. Y'all go ahead and tell them why don't you. Tell them in your your temper and in your anger that what you're doing is causing you cancer as well Amen, amen, Oh, I may be down for a while. I may be sad for a while. I may have to let my face know for a while, but I am a winner. I am a conqueror. I am more, hallelujah. Death will not hold us down. Sickness will not hold us down. The world will not hold us down. We will overcome. We were made to be happy. worry will cause cancer, temper will cause cancer. Don't never be upset. Now, you see, to most of us, this is just a really nice quote. To me, it should be a fulfillment in somebody's life. Just walk in his love, knowing that you're walking in him, and nothing can harm you. There's nothing can harm you. There's neither powers, nor things present, things future, nothing that can separate us from him. Now, Brother man preaches a sermon called Spiritual Amnesia. He only preaches it one time. It was Birmingham 1964. But there's such astounding statements in here. Let me just share a couple with you here. Now, this amnesia we're told. It can cause you to a place where you cannot identify yourself. Now, maybe some of you have had family members or friends or people that you've known that had amnesia. It can be brought on by shock. It can be brought on by an injury. It can be brought on by different things that go on in the brain. And the person after they begin to recuperate, they still don't know who they are. That must be a terrible thing. So they look in the mirror and they don't know who they are and they look at people that they should know and that person's saying, don't you know me? Don't you know me? And you're saying, I, I don't. Don't you know me? You, 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 we, we've been friends. We're in the same. Don't you, don't you know me? I don't. So should I know you? Should I, I know you? Yes, yes, I'm your uncle so-and-so. I, I, I'm your brother. I'm your sister. I'm your mother. I, 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 and there's something missing, the connection between you and them. Now, what you notice where you cannot identify yourself? Now, it's an unusual thing. Don't happen too often, but the causes is from shock. It's somebody that don't even know who they are, and you find it from wars. It ain't no wonder so many of our folks have got it, too. Look at the battles we're in. You see, it can come from wars and wars sometimes are won and other times are lost. And it can come from, I've seen it many times as Christians that will lose battles in this war and they become so torn up because this besetting sin or whatever it is just upsets them once and then another time and another time and they get to a spot, I don't even know if I'm bright or not. I don't even know if I'm elected. It looks like to me if I was elected, I, 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 I'd do better. I, I'd be better. All right, and then they go to entering into this, this trauma of amnesia. And they forget who they are. It's they forget so much of what God's done for them. And they forget he's the one who reached them down and picked them up and, and walked them off and, and sanctified them and gave them so many good things. But it's not, they can't, they can't focus on it no. You find it from war. Sometimes soldiers get it. Sometimes people get it. Another thing causes it is worry. So then a person can worry so much they actually get a spirit of worry on them and they worry and they fret and they fret and they worry and they're under such trauma and such sadness and such difficulty and little by little, day by day, they begin to lose their identity of who they are as a son or daughter of God. And it becomes such a hold on them, it's like they cannot shake it. There's some powerful discernments that the prophet calls people out of course, tells them different things, but. Some of the ones that I, I find so valuable myself are people that, that would come up and one in my mind, particularly this morning, I wasn't thinking about speaking about it, but a woman that comes up and he says, you, you've waited for a place where you could put your foot and people have told you, get next to yourself, get next to yourself and you've tried, but you just can't do it. But then he turns but I rebuked that spirit. So now this person had entered into the stage of amnesia and they tried and they tried and they couldn't do it. Notice he says, worry has no virtue to it at all. Yeah, just, just skip worry and accept faith. Skip worry and accept faith. Someone said, well now, what if you were gonna be shot in the morning? Wouldn't you worry? I said, no. I don't think so. Why? Well, I said, worry couldn't do nothing but make me worse. Well, what good is it to have faith? I said, it might deliver me. It might deliver me, and that's right. Now, notice they said, so worry has no virtue to it at all, but faith has all virtue. Believe. Now, worry sometimes causes it. And another thing that calls among the people is getting between two opinions that'll cause amnesia. So getting between two opinions will cause amnesia. So people hear one idea about this and hear someone else come across with another idea about the same thing, and then people, (laughs) now I don't know what to believe. You know what happens? And amnesia strikes you. And before you heard that opposing side, you were settled. You were, oh, I know exactly where I belong. I know exactly where I stand. I'm a Christian. I'm in Christ Jesus. I believe this word. I'm part of the move of God. And then someone else says something else, and you think, well, I mean, I I, I, mean, I, I, thought, I thought I was. I thought I was okay. I thought I believed this message. I thought that I, you know, whatever it is. And then they get to a spot. But now I don't, I don't, I don't know. Amnesia, my brother, sister. PTSD. Post traumatic stress syndrome. What's it called? Some hard battles, hurt, weariness, exhaustion. And then you don't know who you are. And you don't know who anybody else is. You don't know who your friend is. You don't know who your enemies are. Can't trust nobody. Nine times out of 10, start drawing off to their self. Drawing further and further and further away. Oh, I can't trust nobody, can't trust nobody. Oh, just get away from everybody, I'm just gonna stay home. I ain't going nowhere, I'm just gonna stay home. Everybody leave me alone, leave me alone. You're falling right into the trap of the devil. God has a cure this morning for PTSD. you imagine the prophet in 1950 tells this individual whenever they come up on the platform, all right, sister, don't worry about that cancer you got. Huh. You gotta be kidding me. One of the most dreaded words for us as mortals to hear, I'm sorry to tell you this, sir, but you have cancer. And yet you've got a prophet of God sitting there telling them, don't worry about it. Let me tell you this morning, as Erica Reagan Parker's family members, we saw a little woman that when she was diagnosed with it, did not worry from day one until the end of her days on the earth. Now you may look at that and think, but but it took her. It did not. He took her. He took her. He brought her here, and he took her. She left his presence as a thought, but she went back under that altar as a manifested attribute. Alive, she left his presence as a thought which had not yet come into expression. But she lived on this earth for 44 years and the last four, she fought for her very existence. She fought for her very life and she believed God's promise and I personally have seen her. When the doctors would give her a terrible report, one thing after another and she would maybe be sitting right there by her and get in the vehicle and take her home and she would laugh and say, but God has the last word. God has the last word. So that is a daughter of God or a son of God that looks at God's promise and said, devil, not today, not today, devil, Oh, hallelujah. I don't care if you're facing cancer. I don't care if you're facing bankruptcy. I don't care what you're facing today. Our God is bigger than every problem you got. Our God is bigger than your sin. He's bigger than your sorrow. He's bigger than everything you're going to. I wish somebody would. Shout glory with me this morning. Our God is a mighty God. (sighs) Notice us through the services of this week trying to show people there's no need of being scared. The worst thing the devil can put upon you is fear. It's worse than cancer. It's worse than TB. It's worse than any disease. The worst thing he can put on you is fear. Even if you even had a cancer and you didn't fear and believe God but heal you, you wouldn't be in too bad a shit. God take care of that. If you're sick, whatever it is, if you didn't fear. So fear is one of the worst things that Satan can place on a person. Now this week I've tried to prove by the scripture that that man that's born again of the kingdom of God has wonder why the angel of the Lord when he meets the prophet he could have named all kinds of diseases wonder why he only mentioned one and what was that one? Cancer not even cancer Wonder why he didn't mention all the rest of them. Wonder why cancer. That must be quite a devil, ain't it? But there won't be one devil that'll stand before our Lord Jesus and be able to say, nobody ever defeated me. We've got people sitting right here today who have been healed by cancer. Some by divine healing, some by miracles. I may believe God still heals cancer. I may mean, believes we're still gonna pray with cancer for cancer patients with all of our heart. Come on, somebody. Why, because we believe our God can do it. But brother Donnie, what if the Lord takes him? Well, if he does, they walk that journey by faith and when it come right down to the end of it, they could look the devil right square in the face and say like Paul said, the time of my departure is at hand. I have been faithful, I have been true, hallelujah. I have lived a victorious overcoming life. I did not fear cancer. A child of God don't even fear death. A child of God can look death in the face. And say, Guess you messed up today because all you're gonna do is carry me home in the presence of God. Guess you are a loser, brothers. Let's skip down the one quote there. Let's go to God's covenant with Abraham, 1956. You got something wrong with your ear, that's the bad part. But there comes a dark shadow and you're scared. Cancer on the brain. Don't be scared. Don't. How is that possible? That the doctor can say, you've got cancer on the brain. it won't bother you now. Go on your road. You're gonna be all right. Why? If you don't fear. Oh, but Brother Donnie, the bombs, you know, the GBUs and the this and that and the other and all that, I know all of that's there. But we've got a promise. Hallelujah. That before one of them ever go to hit us, we will be gone. Why? Because we believe our God. Can I have a few more minutes? Notice with me in Psalm 27, verse 14. Let's look at a principle of God that we as believers look at his word and something that God requires of us. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Sometimes we wait for healing. Sometimes we wait for deliverance. And sometimes we wait for a perspective about his will. Now, I'm gonna tell you how I feel about the Lord Jesus. I prayed to God and God has told me yes. I prayed to God and God's told me no. I prayed to God and God has told me to wait a while. But if I pray for something with all of my heart and I really want a yes, but he gives me a no, If no is his will, in reality, I want no, even though my flesh may not want no. It may break my heart. How many's ever been there? Sure you have if you've been saved very long. I hear the prophet saying 19 and 15 Last story, Lord, you have broken my heart over and over again, but I thank you for it because his no's are just as important to me as his yeses, if that is his will. And I don't believe the will of God will ever lead you and I to a place that the grace of God will not keep us while we're in that place. But what must we do? We must wait on him. Notice again, David says in Psalm 33:20, "Our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help and our shield." Psalm 37:7, "Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in His way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass." Psalm 37:9. "For the evil-goers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord." They shall inherit the earth. Psalm 37, 34, wait on the Lord and keep his way. He shall exalt thee to inherit the land when the wicked are cut off. Psalm 40 and one. When to the chief musician a Psalm of David, I waited patiently for the Lord. Patience and faith is not the same thing. Millions of Christians have faith but only in the minority have patience. You see God, well let me just say it this, this way. I found it this morning, the prophet said that believers are like change in your pocket in God's hand. So he said you reach down in your pocket and you pull out pennies Nickels, dimes, quarters, silver dollars. Then it says Lot was a penny. He leaned toward the world. He couldn't stick with the prophet in his message, Abraham. So he leaned toward the world. And he was only a penny. But yet Abraham didn't throw him out. And he said, remember, God can only use them in a penny way and they can only buy a penny's worth of faith of course so they can go so far and maybe you're a, a silver dollar and you look at them and say watch well, as plain as the nose on your face why can't you see this why can't you see that why can't you see this and you're able to purchase an entire hundred penny worth by your faith and you're trying to reconcile and trying to fellowship and trying to talk to somebody that's all oh, they'll ever be is a penny And they love the Lord, a penny's worth. And then maybe you'll meet some, it's a nickel's worth, and some a dime's worth, and some a quarter's worth. But if God's give you a hundred worth, don't look down your nose at those that's only a penny. Because remember, the key word was the prophet was, says it was changed in your pocket, but it was in God's hand. So where does it come from? Your pocket. Who's your pocket? The church. So the church is the one by which pennies, nickels, dimes, quarters, and dollars are found in the pocket. So much of the church, but the whole thing is what the kingdom of God, and God is the one who drops that ability in a heart to believe. Oh, you say glory to God! I'll tell you one thing: I know I'm a hundred. I'm this and that and there. Man alive, I'm this. Well, if you are, you ought to thank God because it's His grace to you. Because ain't none of us worth nothing, nohow. Even if you're a penny, it's the grace of God. If you're a silver dollar, it's the grace of God. If you're a dime, if you're a nickel, if you're a quarter, come on somebody. It's the grace of God. Some people will never be able to purchase a hundred percent worth of rapturing faith. They just see no need and sitting under. The eagle anointing. They see no need, even though they're around the perimeter of it, they see no need in preaching the message. They just see no need of it. To them, believing it is all they need to do. They see no need in reading quotes and and talking about the prophet and his message. They see no need in it. But if you're a silver dollar, you realize you've got to be under an eagle anointing in order to fly out of here. And it ain't enough just to believe it. You want to share it. So you want to share it on your Facebook account. You want to share it in your emails. You want to share it here. So a lot of folks are secret believers. They're going to wait. I'm not sure exactly what they're waiting for, but one of these days they're going to tell everybody, I reckon. I just hope they don't wait too long to say, you know what? God sent a prophet, and it's too late. So God gives us the ability so some can believe. Oh, glory to God, I believe. Don't say they don't. Let them have their penny walk. Let them use their penny faith. Let them use their penny ability. And if you're a dime, don't look down your nose at them and say, I'm 10 times better than you. Or 25 or 100. But realize it's God's mercy to you, silver dollar. Notice in Psalm 62, 5, David said, my soul wait only upon God for my expectation is for him. Psalm 69, 3, I am weary of my crying. My throat is dried. Mine eyes fail while I wait for my God. You're talking about a man in desperation. I am weary of my crying. How many has ever cried to where you thought I can never shed another tear? Whether it's for a loved one, whether it's death, or someone that walks away from the word, whatever it is, and you cry and you cry and you think "I, I just can't do anymore. And somehow, here comes another and another and another. And David said, I am weary of my crying. My throat is dry. The Hebrew word there is parched up, burned, enkindled, and then inflamed. So David had prayed, and he prayed, and he called on God until his throat was so sore and become inflamed, and he couldn't even hardly talk anymore. The great, gallant psalmist of Israel Good and early talk. And it wasn't because he'd been to the ball game and he'd shouted his voice out. He was crying and praying and asking God for mercy. Oh, my. By excessive exertion of his voice, it becomes so parched. His eyes failed because of exhaustion. His eyes were nearly swollen shut the way mine were a few days ago. As I sat in the hospital and cried and wept and cried and my eyes, as I was there, started swelling shut on me. Anybody ever been there? Yeah. So you know what I'm talking about. And what do we do in such times? We keep on waiting. His power of vision had failed him. But he said, notice, while I wait for my God. Psalm 130, verse 5, I wait for the Lord. My soul does wait. And in his word do I hope. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. I say more than they that watch for the morning. This would be peculiar to us because we don't have watchers anymore. But you see, living in a city, the enemy was constantly trying to come in. And they would have watchers during different watches of the night, the three watches. And they would watch And the worst one, of course, was the night watch, which had broken up in two watches. And they would wait for the watchers to go to sleep. And it must have seemed like the watch would never end. During the day, it's easy to set up on the wall. You got all the people, hey, John, how you doing? How's your crops doing this year? Doing good? How's your, oh, they're doing good. How's your sheep? Oh, everything's fine. Yeah, everything good. Hey, hey, Fred. Hey, hey, how you doing down there, buddy? But at nighttime, it's only you. People are trying to sleep man a lot but if you go to sleep the enemy is watching you and if you leave your post of duty and the enemy comes in well, you forsook your post you will answer to God because you were not where you were supposed to be imagine how weary they must have been. And David said, I've sought you, Lord. I've waited. I'm waiting for you more than the watchers of the night. Oh, God. They keep the walls. Psalm 123, 2, Behold, as the eyes of servants look unto the hand of their masters, as the eyes of a maiden unto the hand of her mistress, so our eyes wait upon the Lord our God until that he hath mercy upon us. Verse 3, have mercy upon us, O Lord. Have mercy upon us, for we are exceedingly filled with contempt. Isaiah 25, 9. And it shall be said in that day, Lo, this is our God. We have waited for him. He will save us. This is the Lord. And we have waited for him, and we will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. Right. Now let us change here for just a moment and look to the powder keg of the earth. Look, friends, how fast this thing in Israel can change. I told Carol a few weeks ago, I said, you watch what will happen. Initially, the world will stand with Israel. But as time goes on and they start defending their ground and really going after that enemy, it will change one after another, after another, after another. If you've kept up with it, is that what happens? Don't you understand? That's exactly the way he wants to do you. So that if we attack our enemy worldliness, if we attack our enemy complacency, if we attack our enemy lack of desire to go to the house of God, one enemy after the other, after the other, and people say, oh, they all the time just preaching on us. They're just all the time preaching on us. I'm trying to destroy your enemy, spiritual Hamas. And what does the devil want the preachers to do? Lighten up. Oh, you're just demanding too much of the people. Just preach good to them all the time. Tell them how good they are, tell them how sweet they are. Well, if you're more sweeter, I tell you, you're more sweeter. If you're more gooder, I could preach more gooder, come on. But if you're lazy and complacent, then don't pray and don't read your Bible. How can you expect me to preach any higher than you live? Come on, somebody. And what does the devil want to do? The devil wants to shut the mouth of those men of God who wants to go underground and dig out your spiritual Hamas. So what is the cry? Over a hundred thousand people gathered in Washington, DC. Was it outrage? for babies that were beheaded? Was it outrage for people who were burned alive, Jews? Praise the Lord. It's almost like it's a one-sided deal. I have the Jerusalem Post app on my phone. Had it for a couple years. Every day since this thing has happened, I'm getting siren warnings on my phone. got several before I come out actually. Where are they coming from? Hamas, rocket sighting coming near Tel Aviv. You've got 10 seconds, that's what you have. 10 seconds after the warning to take cover. But why does the world not see that also? Who are they focused on? Oh, Israel done this, and Israel done that. Israel done this. Come on, I hope there ain't no pro-Palestinian people sitting here. I'm pro-life. I hate it when the innocent people suffer. But when you got these bunch of devils who plant their, their headquarters right among the innocent people, what in the world can you expect? Come on, children. All you say, Brother Donnie, you shouldn't blast this and that and that, you're hurting innocent people. Well, get out of there then. If you don't want your hide burn, get out of that mess. Get out of that mess, because we are not gonna compromise on sin. I'm gonna preach against the spiritual Hamas. I'm gonna go underground if I have to, and blast out their tunnels and do everything we can to destroy the headquarters of hell. So what did Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu meet when Antony Blinken, our highest ranking diplomat, whenever he met with him yesterday and said, we need a ceasefire, he said, no. That's exactly what Hamas wants. Get a ceasefire so they can regroup. Now, don't just get Israel in your mind, Only look at your enemy. What's well, he want, me, every other anointed man of God to bring a ceasefire. Let's, let's get love. Let's quit preaching against the denominations and preaching against sin, and preaching against it. We need, you preachers need more love in your heart. That's why I've got more love. That's why I'm blasting that thing. I love people, I don't want them to go to hell. I don't want them to go to wind up in hell. If they do, they're going to go to the top of my voice. But what's Satan calling for, Brother Joel? A ceasefire. Y'all quit firing, y'all quit doing this and show love. (laughs) If I let you go to hell, I don't love you. I like Israel's tactics. So what they did was they found one of the main entrances to one of the main tunnels. And then they sent some of their commandos in to draw Hamas out. So when they drew them out, then these other special unit which specializes in tunnel warfare. While they was out and gone, these guys went right down in the middle of it, took a bunch of pictures of all the information and hid in the tunnels, and then whenever Israel come against them, these other guys come back down in their safety zone. Ah, but then they realize, here's some Jews armed with Uzis, and they uzi kaboozied them. Well, I tell you, I believe God's got some preachers to specialize in tunnel warfare. Now, needless to say, some preachers are above ground, and that's the only place they ever see. They wouldn't know how to behave, as they called them in the Vietnam War, like a tunnel rat. That's the name they gave them. But there was men that the Viet Cong absolutely hated, and it was men called tunnel rats. And they would go down in them tunnels, and they would flush the enemy out. It's a dangerous deal, because they got them booby-trapped, they had venomous snakes down in it, they had all types of things, but these men were trained to go down. I'm glad God still got some men that know how to fight in the tunnels. And they may go down where you and I ain't used to, but thank God they're going down in there and flushing that devil out. And here comes the devil, oh glory to God, get rid of that habit, get rid of this temper, get rid of this and that and the other. And watch it do it, flushes them out so these guys up on top can pick them off like flies. Thanks be to God for men of God that are willing to stand in this day and preach against evil and preach against darkness and preach against sin. And also preach against fear. And preach against our joy being taken from us. Let's bow our heads together. Praise the Lord. Lord Jesus, we thank you today for your word. Forgive us, Father, for being manipulated or controlled by ungodly fear. Help us, I pray, Father. Lord Jesus, we're so grateful for lives that have lived among us. I remember Brother Junior Davis whenever he was going through his great battle and test of his faith. Lord, it was during that time frame and a little bit before that I was preaching about the confessions. I would go to the hospital to see Brother Junior. And there at the foot of his bed, no matter what room he was in, that would be his little board that the family members had brought. And it was his confession of faith. Now, no doubt some of them doctors and nurses and specialists in time, they thought, boy, that guy sure missed it. Oh, no, he didn't miss it. He was testifying of his confession of faith. Hallelujah. And it was a great heroic deed. I'm reminded of others that have posted their little signs here and there and there. Praise the Lord. Karen brought one to Erica. A few days before she transitioned from time into eternity. There was a little sign set up on the wall. Something to the effect of, then the miracle walked in. Well, I have to be honest. Whenever I read that, I thought, yep, yep, that's what's going to happen. The Lord's going to heal her body. Miracle's going to walk in. But the miracle that walked in wasn't the healing of her body, but the healing from mortality. Hallelujah. As we heard her, as she gasped for her breath, We knew it wouldn't be long unless you intervened. But the last one was taken. And there was silence from her body. But little did we know, she was only one breath away from Beth theophany. Praise God. Her little heart stopped beating. Oh, I took her little precious hand in a few moments, it was cold. And her fingernails started turning blue. One of the most heartbreaking things I've ever experienced. But yet I had to just keep consoling myself, Donnie. She's not there. It's just a house. It's an empty house. Thank you, Lord God. Oh, Jesus. I've got more to go to heaven for than I had the three weeks ago. Jesus, we're closer. We're one funeral closer, two actually, brother the We may have a few more, we don't know. But we're waiting patiently on you, Lord. I'm waiting down here at the river. Will you come, Lord Jesus? Satan don't want me to cross. No, Satan, don't want me to cross. But I'm waiting down here. Lord God, may you anoint us with strength, joy, happiness. May you anoint us as the army of God. Lord, as I saw a video the other day of Israel, as they were gathered there before going into Gaza, I hope the Bible readers here understand. This is the exact same place where the Philistines were from, Gaza. The same area that Samson entered into. The same area that David entered into. And there were some of David's sons. And I watched them men as somebody turned on some type of Jewish music And before they went into the battle, they started dancing before the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Them men out there grabbing one another and dancing and screaming and hollering. And someone had read a psalm before they entered into the battle. They were praising the Lord. Lord God, may we praise you before we get into it. May we praise you while we're in it and may we praise you when we come out. Hallelujah. We don't want to be the type of Christians that can only praise you when the battle's over. We want to praise you before it ever starts. We want to praise you when we're right in the middle of it. And we sure want to praise you when we come through on the other side. Lord God, I pray for your tunnel fighters. I pray for those men who step up, Lord, and they... Risk their lives in hand to hand combat. Your men of God around the world, bless each one of them, Father. We need your men servants. Lord, in the last couple of years, I've never seen such onslaught of hell against the ministers. And if Satan can't attack them personally, they attack their family, their wives, their children. It's unbelievable what's going on around the world. Satan ain't attacking tape players. He ain't attacking MP3 players. He's attacking men of God like never before. It shows us he knows where the threat is. Hallelujah. Lord God, if I ain't nothing but a little corporal, if our church ain't nothing but just a little spot on the backside of the desert as it was, if I have to be a tunnel rat as it were, Lord God, If I've got to be a guy that carries the water or peels the taters, don't make no difference to me. Whatever you want me to do, I want to be a faithful tater or peeler. I want to be a faithful water hauler. I want to be at my post of duty. And when the rapture comes, I want to be in the right place at the right time. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, hallelujah. We love you, Lord Jesus. How many say today with me, Lord God, let me be at my post of duty. Let me be faithful. How many women me raise your hands to God as a living witness to heaven and hell today? God strengthen me. God help me. Hallelujah. Or oh, some of you may never carry the banner. Some of you may never be a, a commanding officer it was, but maybe you're one of them like it was that held up the hands of Moses. Maybe you're one of them that's standing behind the men of God praying for them. And you think that ain't important? I'll tell you what, it is very, very important. But each of us are called to do something, friends. Hallelujah. Would you lay your hands on one another, would you mind? Dear Father, right now in the name of Jesus... I pray that you'd help each of us. I still don't think this church understands the value of their post of duty. I don't think most of us take it as serious as it is. In the Civil War time, if a person was placed to guard a certain post and they fell asleep or they just simply left the post of duty and got out and wandered around a little bit from one post to another to another. And the enemy came in and through that breach was able to kill several of their men. That man was brought before the tribunal. He was judged, court-martialed, and shot because he left his post of duty. But somehow when it comes to the army of God, people think they can just do whatever they want to do. Well, if I don't want to go to church, I don't have to. I'll do this. I'll do whatever I want to do. I wonder how many people are going to be judged when they stand before the Lord because they left their post of duty at the beckoning of another person or because a feeling come over them and they thought they should. Lord, God, help each of us at this church to realize no one can take our place. No matter how small we think we are, no matter how big we think we are, no one can take our place. And if we fail our post of duty, we will be held accountable before you, Lord. May we realize what a serious thing it is. Oh, we've got so many of the message that ain't nothing but church hoppers. They go from one to another to another to another and they don't realize one day they're gonna be judged before Almighty God. Help me, Lord, never to be one that'll shirk my responsibility. Help me, Lord, that I can stand faithful and when the trumpet sounds, hallelujah, I will be found faithful at my post of duty. May every man, woman, boy, and girl that belongs in our assembly, Father, I pray you would shake them today Help them, Lord, to realize what an important thing it is for them, oh, Lord, to stand at their post and realize no one can take their place. Not only that, but what a thing each of us have to answer for. I have to answer that day, Lord, for many, many souls. God, help me. But help these people to realize it's not just me that has to answer, but they also have to answer they'll answer for that post that you gave them. Every preacher that's been here with us, whether they are here or gone, they will have to answer. Every one of us, Lord, that claim we believe this message, we will have to answer. Oh, God, may we be faithful. May we be true, Lord. The call in the land is cease fire. Cease fire, but we know how the devil plays cease fire. He only wants us to cease fire. We don't make no deals with the devil. So we ain't cease fire, and as a matter of fact, we're gonna let him have it more than we've ever let him have it before. We're going to bring out our GBU bombs. We're going to bring out our bunker busters. We're going to bring out hand grenades. If have to, we'll pick up day-old biscuits and hit them in the head. We're going to do everything we can, Lord God. We're going to stand as an army of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And we will not be defeated. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. May we raise our hands right now, saints, each of us. Say these words after me. Lord God, I am your servant. I report for duty in the service of God. I want to be faithful. And my, my post of duty. I don't want to let you down. I don't want to let Brother Donnie down. I don't want to let, let my brothers and sisters down. I will be faithful. I will be faithful. By, the grace of God. by the grace of God. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Now take them fighting hands. And give our Lord Jesus a hand clap for praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you Lord Jesus. Oh, don't you love him today with all your heart? How many wants to be faithful to him? Not just faithful to him. Faithful to each other. Faithful to the very cause that the Lord Jesus has caused us to be part of. Let me read this to you and we'll go. Isaiah 40 and 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk And not faint. And somebody said? Lamentations 3.25. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him. To the soul that seeketh him. Habakkuk 2.3. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it. Because it will surely come. It will not tarry. When you look at Israel and you see what they're going through, I trust that you are praying for Israel. You look at Hezbollah to the north. You look at the others all around them, everywhere, all around them. They are surrounded by the Arabs, one after another. After another is pulling their diplomats from the Israeli embassies now. Chad and all the rest of them are doing it. But you know what? They have one who stands with them, and that's the Lord God. Do you believe God will stand with Israel? Will you think he'd stand with them and not stand with you? How come we can have such confidence that God's going to stand with Israel and whenever we face things, we think he won't stand with us? You are his bride. They are his servants. Amen. Don't you love him? God bless you, saints. God bless you. Love you in the Lord.
1: power in the name of Jesus we Oh Though Satan rages, we cannot be defeated. For oh, we've got the power in the name of the Lord. Sing it as you go this morning. We've us oh but the bride of jesus she's still alive and like a mighty army we keep marching onward with